Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Hey, good morning, River Valley. We're so glad you're joining us, whether it's in person or online. We're actually in Mexico. That's right. Kind of. (laughs) We're in Mexico with a team of 37 people down here getting ready to pour out the love of Jesus this week. We're excited about the opportunities for that. Uh, But today we get to join you via the wonderful world of technology and bringing you the third part to this series that we're in. That's right. And as before we jump in, uh, just as a quick reminder, as we do every week, we have this Friday is Friday Night Life Come again. On. They've been so good all summer so far. So remember to go into Church Center. You can find out all the details about where it's going to meet, what kind of food they're going to be serving so you can bring all of the sides with you and everything and directions and all of that. It's just going to be great. So do not forget about that. That's this Friday night. Come on. So what we want to talk about today is we're working on chapter three in First Peter. And it's really talking about this platform of relationships and how important relationships are in our life. Uh, We actually can look back a little bit into chapter two, which I talked about a couple weeks ago, where the foundation for this space of relationships and how, how deeply they impact every space of our life and how the work of the cross and the gospel in our lives brings us into a place of an incredible testimony with our lives in relationship. And so we we talk about this a lot around here, and we've really been talking about this a ton the last year and a half because of just what God's been doing in our church community when it comes to the space of relationships and community. And I think Pastor Chris likes to say it like this. He says, you can't have real, authentic, deep relationships, the kinds that we've been talking about that Scripture paints the picture for us, until you've had some conflict. That's right. And not just conflict, but that you've worked through the process of healthy relationship inside of conflict. Now, I, and I think I would say that that actually has to happen multiple times right. in order for you to begin to really feel the depths of relationship. And it's I, I think it just as we talked about faith a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and how our yeah. faith, in order to prove that it's genuine, in order for it to grow, it has to happen through testing. Yeah. And relationships are the exact same way. In order for relationships to actually grow, you have to have conflict yes. and conflict hopefully if they re- if you respond well to yeah. conflict if you're able to work That's through good. that it actually helps to grow the relationship in a way that if there wasn't conflict it yeah. wouldn't be able to happen and so peter was presenting to us here in chapter 3 it's really a continuation on some of the things that he was saying in chapter mm-hmm. Two about these spaces of relationship. And so verse one kind of opens it up and it says, in the same way. And then it begins to address some of these relationships. And I just want to bring us to that that thought right there. Remember, Peter's writing a letter that is a continuum of thought for him. And he's pointing back to some things that he was utilizing earlier on in his letter to set the framework for how relationships are to be, how they work together. We talked a lot about that a couple weeks ago, um, but today we're gonna dig deeper into some of the specific relationships that he was addressing because of the impact that they have on our lives. He works it into really three main categories. He talks to wives, he talks to husbands, and then he talks to all Christians. So if you're not in one of those two categories, he covers you with everything else. But but the thing that I want, to, want us to remember as we're kind of jumping into this is to jump back to something that Peter said in chapter 1 and verses 15, mm-hmm. which the call to uh, the Christians was to be holy as Christ is holy. And remember how we talked about how that holiness is not perfection, but it's to be set apart. 
Now apply that same filter over what we're going to talk about today in the relationships of wives, of husbands, and really all Christians. That what Peter's saying is he says, listen, in your relationships, be set apart. Don't do relationship the way that the world does relationship. Because yeah, the way that the world does relationship is very, very broken. But he's saying that when you do relationships, do it in a way that's set apart. That you have different behaviors. Mm-hmm. There are different motives behind what you do. And everything is driven from a different set of values. So he's saying, okay, we're going to get ready to jump into this here. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about your relationships. And are they holy? Mm-hmm. Are they set apart? And he jumps right in, in verse 1, and then through verse 7, he starts by talking to wives. He starts with the ladies. Here we go. All the ladies in the house. Here we go. And what's really cool, what I like about this is is, um, understanding some of the context about what Peter, who he was writing to, and why he was saying this. Because... If you read these first verses, it just makes it sound like, wives, you're just supposed to submit to your husbands. And it's this arbitrary, like, submit, submit, submit. But actually, contextually, what was happening was Peter was writing to um, people who, um, culturally speaking, the wife would always go along with the faith of the husband. But what was happening is those wives were getting saved. Mm -hmm. And so they were giving their lives to Christ and they were becoming Christians, but their husbands weren't. And so what Peter is doing, he's writing to them and he's saying, listen, wives, as you are coming to follow Christ, because what was happening is they were asking questions of Peter. Do we get divorces because we're unequally yoked and our husbands aren't Christians? And he goes, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. The way God designed it is wives are to submit to husbands Mm -hmm. as the spiritual head of the home. And so he's saying that nothing changes, Mm -hmm. but what he does go on to say is he goes on to encourage wives to say, listen, in your faith, I am encouraging you to let the way that you live your life be something that sets an example for your husbands. So So essentially what he's saying is this, he says, wives, listen, as you are living a life, and this is what he talks about in here, he uses terminology of inner beauty. He says, when you are using, your life has inner beauty and it actually shines from inside out, you're actually setting an example that speaks to the, f- the future salvation of your husband. Yeah. So it's actually really cool. So she has a part, wives have a part to play with their unsaved husbands in the help of their salvation. And so what he's doing is he's saying, okay, listen, I want you to have inward beauty. I'm, he, he, he's saying in here, he makes some statements about outward beauty and, and, and hair and all this. And, and he's not saying don't have that. Right. He's right. not saying walk around with, you know, just all messed up. No, he's not saying that. But he is saying, let your inner beauty shine more than your outer beauty. And he's saying this is that one commentator that I was reading said this question, which I thought was so good. He says, and here, what do you depend on to make yourself beautiful? Mm, that's good. And how you answer that will show if you're actually leaning towards and and moving out of an inner beauty and a place of seeking an inner beauty or an outward beauty. So he's saying in all this, wives, submit to your husband, which is what God said to do. And as you do it, you're going to live as an example Mm -hmm. of your faith that you are going to hold on to, that your husband and those around will be able to see. And ultimately... A wife's submission to her husband is a sign of trust in God and that he will guard and preserve her as well as work in the life of her husband. So I love what you're saying there because it ties back into what you were talking about earlier, faith. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So we're in this journey and they were in this space of relational difficulty and challenge because of these ladies that were coming to know Christ and their husbands weren't. How do they operate inside of that space? And and it it required them to grow their faith. That's right. It required them to process through this relationship from a very different perspective yeah. than what they were experiencing Absolutely. in their culture. Absolutely. And then Peter goes on <laughs> and, and he, he drops the hammer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he comes and talks to the fellas and uh, he brings this concept to them that was very foreign to mm-hmm. what their culture mm-hmm. had experienced. And I think in a lot of ways we experience this in our culture too. And here's, here's what Peter says in verse seven. He says, in the same way, just like he did to the ladies, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Now, I love what he's speaking here because in their culture mm-hmm. and in their time, the way that men treated women was horrible. Terrible. Like yeah. when, when you just go back and look at contextually in yeah. the cultural side of things, yeah. um, they would not even treat them or speak to them as if they were an equal in any way, shape, right. or form, which is embarrassing culturally to think about. But really, in our culture, we have a lot of similar dynamics going on in a lot of different spectrums. And so what Peter was speaking to them was, hey, men, listen up. Yeah. You're not all that. Right. You know, and I, man, I just want to speak to the heart of you in this space. Like, like God, God has called us to lead from a platform of humility and That's love right. of of right. of preferring others in this process. And the kingdom's mindset is very different than yeah. our cultural mindset. Yes. And that's what Peter was addressing here. He's saying, hey, listen, man, I know the culture tells you that you can treat your wives any way mm. that you want. Wow. But the kingdom of God is saying, that's not how this rolls. We are equal. We are co-heirs. And so there's this reality of walking together in the unity of what God placed yeah. value on. Yeah. It doesn't mean that our roles aren't different because right. our roles are very right. different according to scripture. Right. But our value in, in walking together with each yeah. other and in the body of Christ and in relationship, Peter's really speaking to this yeah. place of the heart of men saying, hey, men, check yeah. your heart. And understand you need to come into alignment with the kingdom of God because its right. way is just simply better. And I think it's really cool because here is the here's how this relationship works. You have a husband, the spiritual leader of the home, who honors and respects and cherishes his wife. And you have the wife that is submitted mm-hmm. to the authority of the, the husband. If both of these are working properly, yeah. you have an incredible, incredible marriage. Yeah. We don't see that a lot in our world today. Right. If we're honest, right. we don't see a lot of husbands mm-hmm. honoring their wives yeah. and wives who are ultimately submitted to yeah. their husbands. Yeah. Um, and so we see here, Peter says, listen, this is how it works, yeah. you know, which yeah. I think is so cool to see. Well, and it's a beautiful testimony, right? Like yeah. ultimately we talked about this in chapter two, that the the building of the body of Christ and relationships together is to reveal the goodness of God right. to the world. That yeah. He wants, God wants to reveal yes. himself and wants to reveal yes. himself through us to the world around us of his goodness and his greatness by how our relationships are so different than how yeah. our cultural yes. environment speaks to so those. Good. And so it's important for us to remember that because Peter, once again, is trying to teach the church how to be a people of hope in a time of of really darkness and suffering. Uh, We learned that in in kind of the contextual components of how we built out week one in this, Mm -hmm. that the context of what he was speaking to was a really brutal environment. And the church was experiencing that both relationally and politically and financially and in every way. And he's saying, hey, we've got to have something different in us, a hope that's in us. And so he speaks to this place. And and I would say one of the primary places of relationship which is the marriage relationship right. saying, hey, we got to get this right according right. to kingdom standards. Right. Not what everybody Absolutely else tells right. us is right, 
but according to kingdom yeah. standards. And then he leads us into from there after building on that mm-hmm. foundation, right? Yep. Of what authority looks like, of what it looks like to be husband and wife and walking yep. together and honoring one another. Then he leads us into kind of the big topic. Everybody else, yeah. <laughs> which husbands and wife fall into this category, yeah. right? This is how all Christians are supposed to be loving and caring of one another. Starting in verse eight, I'm gonna read a chunk of scripture here. This is what Peter is admonishing mm. and challenging us as believers. Okay, he is now writing to a people of hope. All of us. This is what he says. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is not always my natural go-to. That is what God has called you to do, and he will bless you for it. For the, the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open-minded to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. The, the, the crux of this or how he starts with this whole thing is it, he's encouraging people to be of one mind. Man. The New American Standard uses a, a translation of that word where it says to be harmonious. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Yeah. He's calling on believers to be harmonious, to be of one mind yeah. in a beautiful tapestry of, of thought and expression. And what are we grounded around? What are we gathered around? It's the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not at a place of my opinion is better than your opinion or with this only works if you do it my way. No, it's through humility, tenderheartedness, and with a humble attitude Mm -hmm. that we actually... we do what he says, which is to encourage and, mm-hmm. and, and love and really be around this mind of Christ and to see that be the thing that extends. It's not thinking of myself as right. better, which again, this is so counter culture because culture is a self-seeking, self-promoting yeah. culture. Yeah, it's the world we live in. And what the kingdom of God is, is the antithesis. We are centered around one thing. We're not trying to elevate ourselves. We're trying to elevate the kingdom of God. We're trying to promote the kingdom of God. And so that is what Peter is saying in this is he says, listen, I want all of you to be in harmony with one another. And what are you in harmony in? Well, you're in harmony around the mind of Christ and to have that together. Um, in, in verse 11, he says here, he talks about turning away from evil and doing good, searching for peace and working to maintain it. Mm. Searching for peace is very different than appeasement. And I think this is a really important thing for us to understand is that peace is something that is not superficial or on the surface. Peace is actually a heart connection with another person where we've done exactly what you talked about. We've worked through conflict. Mm -hmm. We've addressed these differences in our relationship and we've come back to the central point that even in conflict, we want to be centered around the mind of Christ, so right? And so that's what that's what searching for peace really means mm-hmm. uh, ar- around the, the body of Christ. Now, this is where this all, all kind of comes to play here, is that our relationships with one another yeah. will absolutely affect our relationship with God. You might need to say that again. Our relationships with one another will absolutely affect our relationship with God. They are not two separate things, right? Right? You and I, 
If we have a messed up relationship, I can't expect to go to God and have this amazing relationship with God if we're out of sync, right? And so the same is true with you. If there's offense, if there's conflict in relationship, what Peter is saying is, listen, be tenderhearted. Yeah. And with humility, approach that person yeah. and work through the conflict to come to a resolve of landing in the same place, which yeah. again, is the mind of Christ. Yeah. You know, and, and oftentimes when we once again find conflict in this space yeah. and maybe not with each other, now we have conflict with the word of God. Right. And it's absolute truth in our life, yeah. right? Because verse 12 says that the, the, <laughs> the eyes of the Lord are over those who do right and his ears are open to their purse. So this is, this is open communication yep. and relationship with God, yep. but that's not where it ends. Right. Right. says, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Do what kind of evil? It's when mm-hmm. we're not tenderhearted towards That's one right. another. That's right. It's when yes. we turn our affections yeah. away from each other. We got to have it our way in our yeah. moment. And so this is really what Peter is is saying, listen, we got to guard our hearts in this space. Yes. Like we have to be intentional yeah. about being tenderhearted yeah. towards one another. Yeah. Uh, not only in our marriage relationships, but he was bringing it into the full context of, of what it means to walk together as the body right. of Christ. And I think, and if we don't get this, I think this is why so many people are confused about their relationship with God, mm. why they're struggling in relationship really with good. him and they don't tie it together. Well, it's because I, I have no context yeah. or relationship with the body of yeah. Christ. I'm so isolated good. or I'm bitter at this person person or offended at this person, they wonder why their relationship with God is not taking steps forward. Well, scripture makes it very clear yeah. right here, right? God, yeah. God, God's made it yeah. very clear to us. Like our hearts towards each other will impact That's right. our relationship That's with right. him. Absolutely. And so church, we've, we've got to grow in this. And then he yeah. leads us into this space yeah. that none of us want to talk about. Uh, he leads <laughs> us into this environment of of understanding verses 13 um, through 22. Most of us just want to cut this out of the Bible. Um, But there's this reality of being a follower of Christ and that there is going to be suffering and trial and difficulty in it. Now, this is really a hard concept for us as a Western culture to embrace. We we don't like talking about this. Um, We've preached everything but this. But the Bible teaches us very clearly that in this journey of faith, in this journey and in this the spaces of life that you're going to interact and you're going to have problems. <laughs> you're going to have trial, you're going to have difficulty and Peter's saying, "Hey, listen, this is an expected part of the journey." That's right. And you That's you right. just got to align your heart with that. And so when you're when you're receiving that kind of uh, impact from the relationships that are around you, whether it's in your workplace or your school, it could even be in your home. Mm-hmm. When you're experiencing that in your life, Peter says, "Hey, don't don't act like this is a surprising moment for you. Mm-hmm. It's a reality. And, and he goes in to say, if Christ suffered, so will we. Mm-hmm. And so as we contemplate the relational yeah, dynamics that we're going to have in life, both from our relationships with our spouses to the context of the body of Christ, and then understanding what that looks like in the relationships around us who totally disagree yeah, with a yeah, kingdom mindset yeah. and a kingdom mentality. Yep. Peter's saying, hey, listen, don't be surprised in these moments where you experience <laughs> the difficulty. That's right. Lean into it. Yeah. Don't push back from it. Don't isolate yourself. Let yourself really lean yeah. into this because Christ suffered and he suffered That's for right. a very specific reason. It was for our sin. Yeah, yeah. And what we're invited to in this space is to to come and join with Christ in that crucible of suffering Mm -hmm. that produces in us what we talked about at the beginning, a rich faith. 
Yeah. Right. Our faith growing and maturing because it's not it's not built on some superficial feel good moments. It's built in authentic, genuine yeah. relationship that is forged in the spaces of conflict and difficulty right. and all of those things. And so, yeah. Peter's really just inviting yeah. us here. Well, and and I think I think it's so amazing, like what you're saying. He culminates this whole chapter by pointing everything back to Christ. Yeah which I think is such a great yep. place to yep. end. And, and the reason for that is that he uses Christ as an example mm. to sum up everything he's saying about relationship. In verse 18, he says, Christ suffered for our sins once mm. and for all time, but he never sinned. Come on. Yeah. And that's the difference is like it is Christ, he, get, he sets an example of what it is for us mm-hmm. to, um, to be in conflict, to work yeah. through these things, and, but when we are wronged by people, when there's offense that comes, we don't sin in retaliation. Right. And, and again, we know this about Christ. Christ walked through. He was mm-hmm. tempted in every way. He walked through what we walk through now because he understands what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And now he did it and never sinned. Now, now, this is what's awesome. He went through this. He was wronged by people to the point of death. Yeah. There were people that disagreed with his thought process the entire time, Right. But because he never sinned, there was a reward and an outcome of what that was. Verse 22 says this, Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. He's now placed in the place of honor with all authority. This is is the reality for us. Taking the example of Christ, we say this, How we handle conflict and how we handle people who wrong us Mm. and think differently than us will either set us up for greater authority and influence in the future or not. I want you to think about that. How you handle when people do things that are wrong to you, when Mm -hmm. they hurt you, when they offend you, how you respond to that, just like Jesus, with all gentleness and patience and tenderheartedness and humility and love, when we respond in those ways, those are the ways that will bring us greater influence for what God has next. Some of the people who have the greatest influence have walked through seasons where they've learned. Maybe they haven't been perfect at it the first time. I'm not perfect at it. I don't think any of us are perfect at it, but as we grow, God increases our influence and authority. Well, and this is a sticking point for most of us, isn't it? We look at this and we go, well, I'm not Jesus, <laughs> right? right? Like Jesus was able to do that and love people well yeah. in bad moments and I'm just not Jesus. And I just want to remind you, no, but you're being formed in the image of Christ. Right. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Peter was trying to bring all of this culmination and intention to. There's a work of the Holy Spirit that's taking in place in us yeah. and forming us in the image of Christ so that the world around us can hear the good news yeah. and see the good news and feel the good news through your life and through mine. And that's the hope, a yeah. people of hope. Yeah. Because of all that God has done in our life, so Jason, mm. how, how do we how do we just kind of sew all this together today? Yeah, I think that our takeaway is Peter is calling us to have relationships that are different than the ones we see in the world. Yeah, that's good. You know, very very simply put, you look at relationships in the world and they're broken and they're selfish and they're mm. self seeking, and uh, and they're full of pride and full of anger. Yeah. You know, and and all of this. And Peter's saying, now listen, listen, if you're a follower of mm. Christ. It's a different approach. And he's challenging and he's calling us to live in relationships that are characterized by tenderheartedness, kindness, 
and humility. Mm. So the challenge for us is to look at our relationships and say, are my relationships characterized by that? And even better than that, are my interactions or the part that I play in relationship, Mm -hmm. are they characterized by that, right? And remember that the reason for caring for each other, the way Peter is saying and and the instruction that he gives here, Mm -hmm. is to be a community that reassures each other of the hope that we have. And that is what causes us to be tenderhearted towards one another. Why? Because Christ is tenderhearted towards us. And we get to be that representation to one another and to the world. And so that leads us kind of into our our question as we go into our discussion today, which is this. Do my relationships affect tenderheartedness, kindness, humility, and blessing? And do they help bring hope? I want, you, I want you to just think about that. Your relationship, take gauge of your relationships right now. Are they marked by those characteristics, right? And in doing so, are they bringing hope to other people? And this is what we're going to spend a few minutes talking about today as we get ready to, to close out is processing through this question. So be thinking about your relationships right now. Maybe your relationships aren't <laughs> marked by those characteristics. Be Some real with that, right? Yeah. Be yeah. honest with that and say, yeah. God, help me today. Yeah to make a shift in my life so that my relationships can now be marked by those yeah. other things. And can I just say in, in our groups, as we as we take time now to get into our groups and have this discussion, this is really where we learn how to walk with one another. We've yeah. been doing it for months now, walking with one another in honesty. Yeah. Um, and I can just tell you flat out, not all my relationships reflect <laughs> this and it's probably not the other person's problem, it's yeah. mine. Yeah. And so we've got some great growth to do in this. And so I want to encourage you to to just take some time together in your groups as you're meeting in person. For those of you that are joining us online, take a few minutes, think through this, maybe do some journaling on this and then connect with somebody. Maybe it's via a phone call or Mm -hmm. connecting with them in coffee this week and having a conversation about this space of Mm -hmm. our relationships. Because listen, as Jason shared before, really the heart of what Peter was saying is, is the authority, all the things that God wants to do in your life down the road, will be determined by how we handle the relationships that are in our life right now. And God wants to give you more influence. He wants to give you more authority. Why? Because he wants the kingdom of God to advance through your life and through this community of faith. So let us pray for you real quick as you guys get ready to jump into groups. And uh, we'll launch you there here in just a sec. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for the power of your word, God, to reveal and transform. And God, we want our relationships here at River Valley Church, Lord, to represent your kingdom well. And God, we all know that every one of us, Lord, has deficits in that. But God, we know that your Holy Spirit is working in us, God, Mm -hmm. to form us and shape us in the image of Christ through your grace, God. And so, Lord, today I pray as we discuss and talk, God, Lord, that you would draw us deeper into your image, Lord. And Lord, that we would reflect you, God, in every aspect of our life so that others could come to know the hope that lies within us. And so, Lord, we thank you for it today. Lord, be with those that are online. Be with those that are in person, God. Lord, that as, as we spend time talking and thinking and discussing today, that we would grow both in our relationship with you and with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.